Welcome to the REI Foundation Podcast, where we cover all the steps and strategies to make your real estate dreams a reality. Now your hosts, Jason and Peely. Well, hello again, and welcome to another edition of the Real Estate Investing Foundation Podcast with Jason and Peely. You have Jason today, but you are in great hands because we have a super special guest for you, Seth Ferguson. Seth, hello. How are, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Well, thank you for coming on the show. And uh, I had the pleasure of being on Seth's show. Awesome experience. So uh, purchased the profits, ton of guests. He's crazy enough to do a daily podcast, believe it or not. So a lot more crazy than me, but a little bit more about Seth. Seth Ferguson has more than a decade of experience in high performance real estate. Is the president of Alba Capital Group, who partners with investors to acquire and improve multifamily properties in key growth markets speaks about various real estate topics and strategies, and is the host, like we spoke about, of Purchase the Profits, where he interviews a successful real estate investor each and every day. Seth also holds his real estate broker license in the province of Ontario, and was thrilled to publish his first real estate book, Sell for More, in 2018. Wow. Well, Seth, welcome to the show. And with, with all that said, I'm not even going to get into the crazy part of doing a daily podcast, but what drew you to real estate to start? Ooh, that's a very good question. I think it's going to be take a different route than you're probably used to hearing. Um, I back in the day, I was trying to become a, a NHL hockey referee. Um, I was doing some uh, minor pro hockey. I was doing some junior hockey, trying to work my way up the ranks and uh, real estate allowed me getting into the the brokerage side of residential real estate allowed me to set my own schedule so I could still go out and do those uh you know travel games travel you know halfway across the country to referee a hockey game and still be able to earn an income um so that, that's where all that's where it all got started and then uh, as my business grew uh my my hockey dreams had to go on the back burner um and uh, I am where I am today well, that's actually a great point, but you know, it talks about using real estate as a lifestyle vehicle, right? And yeah. So you want to adapt what was working with your life and with your direction with your life and what would fit that model. Well, real estate fit that model. So with all that said, if you, you jump on an elevator today and someone says, Hey Seth, what do you do? What, what do you tell them? Yeah. Well, it, it's an easy answer. It's uh, I, I partner with investors to buy apartment communities and we split the profits. Amazing. Amazing. And I love that. What is it about apartment buildings that, that that's what you do? Uh, what, what originally drew me to the multifamily side of real estate was the ability to acquire uh, true businesses in a sense. Uh, you know, when you're going out buying single family homes, you're acquiring a property, yes, but you're not acquiring that, that, those business systems that come along with it. And having the scale of 100 units plus, uh, you know, you're able to have professional management, uh, you're able to have on-site maintenance, all, all those benefits that, that come with it. Uh, so it's almost more of a, a, a structured uh, play in real estate rather than just going through that uh, single family uh, route. Also, you know, I, I'm not sure if you want to touch on this later on, uh, but, but I got started in the single family investing, uh, you know, doing a couple duplex conversions and, and all that stuff. Um, but there comes a point in time where you hit that capital crunch where you don't have any more money left to acquire the next property. And it's, it's very challenging in my home market. I'm in, I'm based in Toronto in Canada. And right now we are 
very, very tight in terms of inventory. Uh, prices are, are quite high and it's very hard to cash flow. Um, so it, if, if I'm looking to acquire a single family property it's, and I'm bringing in a partner with me, it's almost impossible to make that work right now. So, so going after that scale um, of those larger multifamily properties allows me to partner with investors. We're able to uh, acquire a, a, a business, if you will, and then uh, tweak that business to improve the, uh, the profits. So being in Canada has the focus of your investments. Well, let's say for, for apartment buildings, where is the focus? Are you, are you focusing local or are you, are you looking in other markets? No, I, I'm, I'm focusing in, in a couple key markets in the uh, United States right now. Um, cap rates, uh, you know, in Toronto, Toronto is very similar to, let's say, in New York. Uh, people are buying at cap rates of about 2.5%. Um, so it's, it's, it's pretty crazy. Um, I'm a big fan of that value-add system. Uh, the other thing here in Ontario, we do have rent control. Um, I know some people who have built very solid businesses in a rent-controlled environment. Um, but based on where we're at in the market cycle in Canada right now with those compressed cap rates and that rent control, it makes it very hard to force that value uh, in, in, a, in a way that makes it uh, make sense to, with uh, investors in, in the game. So this is great because we, we have a lot of um, out of the United States listeners. And for, for those that are listening, what are the advantages from being able to look at the United States from, from outside and what are the hurdles for you to be able to find investments in the United States? Yeah. Well, I, I think the benefits are just the scale of the U S market. Um, you know, you look at just population between Canada and the United States, you, you guys dwarf us. Uh, so in terms of the n number of cities that are open uh, in Canada, we basically have Vancouver and we have Toronto as the main players. Uh, those would be our primary markets. And then we have secondary markets. Um, but in, in terms of that scale, the United States, they just have way more markets that are, are experiencing some growth right now in the U.S. I'm finding it very fascinating to see that interstate migration of the population. Uh, so we're seeing a lot of the population shift down towards the southern states it's, it's quite fascinating from the outside looking in, um, watching those population uh, trends as they develop. Um, yeah, and I think I, I skipped the second part of your question. You were asking about uh, some challenges, right? Yeah, so I, and yeah. just is there any difficulties for you if you're finding a property here, um, loan structuring, or, or even if you're having uh, investors that are, that are possibly outside the country investing in a deal? Um, yeah. There's a lot to cover there, but what are, what are some of the main hurdles? I think right now the main objection uh, and a, a possible investor from Canada investing in the United States would have is the, uh, the dollar right now. The Canadian dollar is, uh, you know, the exchange rates, you know, we're, we're down about 30%. So we're, you know, I spend a dollar in the States. <laughs> I, I got to come up with an extra 30% here. Um, in the grand scheme of things, it's all about how you structure your deal. If you have a good deal, that, that, that's almost a secondary concern uh, because you're forcing that value relatively quickly. Um, but, you know, uh, currency shifts, I know a couple people from Australia investing in the United States, they have the same thing. A currency swing one way or the other uh, can set your back in terms of uh, your gains. Amazing, amazing. Now, how are you finding yourself markets? What are some of the key indicators that you're looking at? And being from Canada, how are you making your connections here? 
Yeah, good, good question. Um, I, I look at a lot of the, the key drivers that I think most uh, syndicators look at. Uh, so we're looking at GDP growth, job growth, employment um, employment growth, demographic shift. So, you know, where's that uh, baby boomer population? How much makeup does that have in a, in a particular market? Uh, because that's going to determine, uh, you know, what, what sort of amenities you have and all that kind of stuff. Um, so I, I don't think what I'm looking for is too different from what most people look at. I'm looking for a potential over that whole period to have that, uh, that growth in, in that capital growth. I'm also looking for solid jobs, uh, a decent, uh, variety of employment sectors. So I just don't want oil and gas. I would like to have, you know, uh, you know, many different options for people to give that security uh, in that job market. Um, so it's just all growth and trying to forecast and look, you know, five, 10 years ahead and seeing how those trends across the country will affect those markets I'm looking at. Yeah, I love that. And you're not, you're talking to investors, you're raising capital. Uh, noting, talking about syndication and apartment building. How does that talk track go with investors? Uh, people talk that, you know, they, they're having difficulty finding money. I actually had a gentleman at one of our meetups the other night has a property under contract, um, first deal, and is having difficulty putting the money together. Um, what are some of the elements you use within your talk track to talk about apartment buildings? For me, his, his big thing, he just wasn't having enough conversations. He was scared to have a talk, even though he had exactly what other people want. Yeah. I, I think I'll, I'll rephrase your question because I don't do a lot of talking. I do a lot of listening right off the bat. Um, I, I'm asking open-ended questions to really find out what those investor goals are uh, because what I have to say doesn't mean anything unless it's the, the right person to be talking to in the first place. So it's really qualifying that potential investor and really finding out what's driving them in their real estate investing goals. Uh, are, because I might not be the right guy for them. They might be better off speaking with somebody else. Uh, so I, I think being able to listen right off the bat and, and really find out what's driving them is the most important thing. And then once you figure out if you're a good fit, that's when, that's when I can start talking and sharing with them, you know, my strategy, my strengths, my network and what I do to make a deal happen for them. Yeah. I love that. Right. Yeah. So, so ideally you, you want to make sure the investor, their goals aligns with yours. And that's just, if you think of that in the beginning, it makes the conversation really easy. So great advice there. Yeah. When you're targeting an apartment building. Is there certain metrics that, that are more important to you than others? IRR, cash and cash return. Yeah, I, I, I think with, with me right now, I'm really looking for that solid value add component. And that's be, the way we are, where we're at right now in the market cycle, you know, it's not like you can go out and just have a shotgun approach and, and find 10 really good deals. You have to be very, uh, very careful in your underwriting and be very laser focused. So I, I think one of the things I find with lots of new people getting into the real estate game is they don't have the, the type of property in mind. They don't have their strategy in mind. They're just kind of blasting everything and, and, they're, and they're not focused. So in a, in a market like today, where the margin for error is so thin, we have to be extremely you know, driven and focusing exactly what we're looking for. So with me, I'm a value add investor. I'm looking to acquire the property either through a rent push or, you know, I would say minor to moderate uh, rehab. 
I, I'm not one of those heavy lift people. Yeah. It, it doesn't make sense for me. Some people have built some really great businesses on doing those heavy lifts. That's not what I'm interested in. I, I'm looking for those lipstick uh, rentals that can have a, a big impact on, uh, on the bottom line. You know, and you, you touched on this a couple of times, right? So, so Toronto is overheated. It's just, it's very um, compressed right now. Cap rates yeah. similar to New York. Um, also a lot of talk about the apartment. Um, overall, the, the apartment industry just really being, being top heavy. But that said, if someone was talking about sitting on the sidelines waiting for this correction, what would be your talk track for that? I'd ask them for their crystal ball and I'd offer them a billion dollars for it. <laughs> right? Because you don't, Real estate's the, the thing where at any stage in the cycle, for the past 10 years, we've, we've had people saying the market's going to crash again and it's going to be the worst thing ever, that's ever happened. Um, th those type of people, they never get into the game. And one thing I've learned from, you know, like yourself, I'm spoiled. I, I've interviewed, you know, about 100 successful investors and they all say the same thing. Like you have to buy for today because there are deals out there today that make sense. You can't, buy a deal today and worry about three years ago. Sure. You have to do your underwriting and be very careful in your approach and conservative. But if I, let, let's look at it this way. If I go back in time three years ago and listen to the people saying the market's going to crash, I would have missed out on three solid, solid years of capital, um, you know, um, capital growth. Uh, you just can't, you just can't wait. You have to focus on finding a deal today and make it happen because who knows what's going to happen tomorrow. You know, I love that, right? Yeah. That's exactly right. Because the, the talk about waiting for you know this correction to happen, by the time you're waiting, you, you, you miss it. It's already at the bottom. It's already going back up and you, and you do never yeah. get started. So I do, yeah. you, you want to understand what you're doing, of course, not be risky, especially bringing on other people's investments. But there is always a time and a need for, for housing and it's not going to change. So for sure. With that said, let's pivot a little bit because yeah. growing your brands you've now started this podcast and, and I just want to talk about the influence of, 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 of doing a podcast or doing some other platform. How has that influenced your, your business and, and just doing the daily aspect of it? How is that? Cause, cause people talk about, it. I've had a couple people, I want to start a podcast, just get started. So I want yeah. to hear more about how you got started, why you got started and how that's impacted your business. Yeah, well, the, the reason I got started with, uh, with uh, the podcast and YouTube channel is I needed a way to get in touch with other investors and potential uh, you know, money partners in the United States. It's not like I can go to a physical meetup and, and start meeting people in person because I'm on the other side of the border. I'm looking at some great deals, but I need a way to get in, get in front of those people and talk to them about those deals. So that's how I got started. I think in terms of impact, um, I would say the number one impact doing my show has had would be my mindset. Uh, and this is one thing I, I, I find from all the very successful people I, I speak with. Um, anybody can figure out a deal. It, it's what's going on in your head. Uh, that's the most important thing. And, and I find the most successful people, they have a different mindset that we could have the same skills, but they think differently. So I, I forget who said it, but you are the sum of the five people that you uh, hang around with the most. So by, by doing my show, I get to hang around with some ultra successful people on a daily basis. So it, it's had a huge impact on how I approach my business and how I think about real estate, just because I'm talking with people who are running, you know, one guy runs a billion dollar real estate business. 
Um, just listening to how he thinks has changed what I do every day because I'm surrounding myself with those high level people. Well, let's follow on that. What's, what's, can be the one or top three biggest lessons you've learned from others doing the podcast? Um, off the top of my head, um, I would say Dave Zook had a great thing where people come before the, uh, people come before the deal. Um, he, he was a big proponent of that. And I, I, I subscribe to that 110%. Um, as long as you have good people in place, the deals will come. Um, you, you can't just have a good deal and try and, you know, squeeze people into it. It, it doesn't work that way. Um, now you have me on the spot uh, to try to think just because I, I've spoken with hundreds of hundreds of people. Um, I would say another. How about that? First thing that first thing that pops up in your mind. Yeah. Well, I, I would say um, another one would be uh, Danny B. Orr. So here's a guy who was living in Israel, was ex-special forces over there. And he had never been to the States, never purchased property in the States, but he just pulled the trigger and bought a place, um, I think it was in uh, Vegas when he first got started. And his motto was simply do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, he tells everybody that. You, because you can, you can sit there and think about all the worst case scenarios. You can get into analysis paralysis uh, where you're just, you know, you're stuck in that rut just analyzing things. You just have to go out and do it. And I think you mentioned that about the podcast. You just have to go out and start. You know, I remember when I first started, on the very first day when I was contacting potential guests, I said, you know, I was telling myself, you know, this guy's really successful. What, why does he want to talk with me? And, but that was my mindset because once I went out and started contacting people, I was, I was floored by these very successful real estate investors who said, sure, when do you want me to come on? And, but unless I had the courage and the mindset change to say, yes, this is what I'm going to do. That would never have happened. I love it. And that's yeah. right. Right. And people are so giving out there and in the real estate community really shows that you, you, people will just tell you their whole business. Here's how yeah. I do it. Here's yeah. exactly how I do it. You can follow the steps and that's just, it's amazing. So, yeah. And, and I found too that the, the more successful the investor, the more likely they are to share what they've done. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, it's true. So I think we've, we've heard a good answer already, but if there's an investor listening today that, that just sitting on the sidelines looking to get started or, or maybe is just trying to turn their, their hobby into a business, what would be a, a valuable insight for them? Uh, besides just you know, doing it and, uh, and taking action, I, I would say uh, find good people to put on your team. Um, I, I know lots of investors talk about having a team. I, I fully subscribe to that. Uh, you need people before you do the deal, just like Dave Zook said. Um, so I, I would say I would reach out to other investors, find out how they're structuring their teams, why they're bringing on the people that they're bringing on, and don't sit there thinking about it. Start calling people. Don't, don't send an email because anybody can send an email. Call people, set up face-to-face meetings, and start building your business that way. And tell people what your dreams are and tell them what your goals are because chances are that they've had similar goals, similar dreams, or they, can, or they can help you frame it a little bit better for what you want to accomplish. And I love this. This this has been enlightening. This went a different direction than I had intended for the podcast, but we got, we got so many great topics out of there that hit on a lot of points. So for for people to learn more about you, where's the best place to find you? How can they find a podcast? 
For sure. Uh, so that for the, uh, for the show, you can find us on YouTube. So youtube.com slash Seth Ferguson. And uh, for my personal website, sethferguson.org. And for uh, Alba, albacapitalgroup.com. That's Alba, A-L-B-A. Well, I definitely encourage all the listeners to check it out. Seth, thank you so much for sharing with us today. I really appreciate you coming on the show. Yeah, it was my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Thank you. And again, thank you to all the listeners. Check us out on iTunes. You can find us on YouTube as well. Go out there and give us a five-star rating and review if you like what you hear. And if you do like what you hear, please share it with others. Allow others to hear about all the great content we're putting out here. Thank you so much to Seth. And again, this is Jason with the Real Estate Investing Foundation podcast. Happy Wednesday. We'll see you shortly. Bye now. Thanks for tuning into the REI Foundation podcast. Check back next time for more awesome tips and strategies to launch your new you in real estate.